And we are live here. Episode one of Athletic and Gritty. We're live in the cut. Uh, I'm Dave Dave Rodriguez. Uh, with me as my co-host, we have Chris Mano, the Mano Steel. What's up, Chris? How's it going, man? Dude, I'm doing really well, man. Looking forward to get going. How's everything going? Going great, man. You had a great birthday weekend I saw on Instagram and stuff like that and uh, on Facebook. So good stuff. Happy birthday to you, man. Uh, I appreciate it, man. You also a week belated, right? Yeah, last week. Last Very week. Cool, yep, man. Yep, Hopefully yeah. next year at this time, this thing is rocking and we'll do them together. Yeah, it sounds good. That sounds really good. Awesome, All right. Bro. So for the people that are going to be listening to this, um, like I do want to get a little bit of our history, how we met, what your background is, what my background is, and why I think this podcast will be interesting for people to to check out because we come from such different like backgrounds as far as like the way that we are, the way that we do things. So sure. uh, I, I, I followed you on Twitter. You have a blue check Mark. Uh, you, you were t- tweeting some interesting things. And like, I was like, all right, this dude, I reached out to you in the DMS. I had a podcast called talking loud, saying nothing uh, that I recently ended. Like uh, I stopped doing it. I think the boys is still going to continue it this year, but right. I, I stopped doing it with them. And, um, and you came on my podcast. We did an interview we jived, you know, we kept following each other, the, you know, and, and we we seem to have a lot in common, in my opinion, right? Uh, and then we kind of started talking once I ended the other podcast about maybe doing something together. And I thought it would be interesting because I'm your average schmo fan. I never played above high school. That's as far as I got. I've always been more into sports. Uh, if you look at me, you'll see pictures. I'm a big boy. All right. Um, I love gambling on football, watching football consuming it the way that a lot of Americans do. You have a different story, and, and I'll let you take over and tell the people like what your background is and, and how close you came to realizing you know, the, the ultimate dream. All right, so I guess, yeah, like you said, you consume it in one way, and I guess my journey brings me to consume it a bit of a different way. Yep. Uh, I was a baseball kid my whole life, started playing football probably inordinately late. I mean, going into 11th grade, so I was about 16. Um, my two best friends played. Uh, Two days before training camp, going on to varsity, they were like, "Why don't you just come out?" We knew I, we, they knew I can run a little bit. I wound up doing pretty well, I guess. Uh, didn't do a ton my senior year. Ended up loving it though to death. Where I never put a baseball glove on again. That's kind of what I thought I was going to do for a while. And then I wound up walking onto a Division One school that's local, uh, Hofstra University. I walked on for a year. Parents told me you're going to have X amount of time to earn a scholarship, or we can't keep you there. Uh, fortunately for me, I was able to do just that. I earned a scholarship for four years, wound up playing a little bit as a freshman. By the time I was a senior, I was, you know, I was in the rotation and catching footballs, returning kicks, gunner on the punt team, kind of wherever they needed me. Uh, obviously not enough to get me an opportunity right out of school. I kept pushing, kept trucking, kept grinding, started to learn, uh, what I do now, which is sports performance, training athletes, uh, it allowed me the freedom to work while I kind of continued to chase this dream. Uh, I walked on, paid to try out for an arena team, started game one, went all pro. Uh, that gave me an opportunity to train down at the inf- that, at the uh, world famous, I'd say, IMG Academies in Florida. 1,000% world famous, yeah. Everyone knows that. Infamous, but it was wrong. But uh, yeah, the world famous. It's like Disney World for athletes. I recommend every athlete get down there if you have the opportunity. Uh, where I was on the field with the guys that you all watch every Sunday – uh, agents were down there kind of like, what's this kid's deal? Why wasn't he, you know, had a, hasn't he had a chance to play? Uh, it was a really cool story. I'm sure we'll save for another time as to how I got the shot. But um, the Kansas City Chiefs flew me in, worked me out the next morning, uh, 
told me it was wait, one of the best. Wait, wait, what year is this now? We talk about. Let's let the people uh, in. 2012. What year? 2012. 2012. Okay. Yeah, so, uh, and then um, they went up signing me right there on the field. Stayed for the entire preseason. Suited up for all the games. Uh, last day of the preseason, I got the dreaded. You know the deal. Um, from there, I kept working, kept working. The Carolina Panthers signed me a year later. I went, I went up being cool with their quarterback at the time. Uh, worked with him, trained with him back at IMG. Uh, he made a phone call over, like, we got a kid here. You might have something. Give him a shot. Worked out for it, and they signed me on the field. And in preseason, I fractured my tibia. So uh, I wasn't one of the – I wasn't warranting – you know, I didn't warrant, I guess, like holding a roster spot for the year. So injury settlement, we worked it out, uh, and I was home after that. And um, now I play kind of – And doing what you're doing now. So tell the people, like, you are in – like, you train athletes. You're basically giving the kids the opportunity Correct. that you got – later right. on right and, so and guess, the way it is and the way it is now like if anyone you know has kids and does sports it's like this shit is not, like if your kid's not in these like really like year-round sort of like i hate to say this but it's a lot of like you, to get that advantage to make it now it's almost you got to have this like you're not just like yeah. oh not not gotta but you know what i'm saying it definitely gives you a head no, you you, you're right it, no you're right i mean like i tell my athletes guys and girls that Take it serious because if you're not everybody – like you're not comp competing for scholarships with other kids from Long Island and everybody that you play at these big tournaments, be it football, be it soccer, be it uh, lacrosse or baseball, everybody you're competing with that you know they're doing it. So, you know, it's it's really – at this point, it's not optional if you want to go far. I mean, the only kids who don't really do it are kids who are playing high-level sports in other seasons. Otherwise, I see my guys all year. So now I train athletes from youth to NFL – uh, professional basketball, ultimate fighting championship, uh, stuff like that. And now I'm fortunate enough where I get the privilege to continue to play myself. I play in like a NFL alumni kind of tournament team and we travel around the country beating on dudes and winning tournaments. <laughs> nice. so, yeah, it's awesome, so, man. I'm very lucky. So so let's get into – you brought up a great point, okay? So I let's start with this because we're recording on basically cut-down day. Today sure. all the teams had to go to a 53-man roster. You've been Sir. through that. You, you, you know, you lived that sort of thing. So I think this is mm -hmm. like really for you today. Like, tell me that day that Kansas City, Kansas City was the closest you made it with Carolina. You didn't really get an opportunity. You yeah. broke your leg before you could really get going. Right. Correct. So yeah. with Kansas City, like you were right there, like you were last preseason game caught. Like, yeah. Tell me, like, what is going through your mind? Like every day, like you're friends with these guys, but you're not really you're competing with these guys. Right. It's some of them to to make the team. So like. How's the camaraderie? How is it? Are people being like, like, you know, like not giving you all the information, stabbing you behind the back? Like, tell me what training camp is like to try to make an NFL roster be one of the last 53 guys. All right. So from my experience being where I was, the bottom of the chart when I first got there, uh, I actually, in hindsight, I wish I would have more, but I didn't enjoy it for a second. It was the most stressful. Every day was waking up. Am I going to be here till tomorrow? Blah, 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 blah. I didn't sleep much. Yeah, the mental I, pressure of that's got to be torture, insane. Bro. It's it insane. was brutal. It was brutal. Every, I mean, it was cool. I loved it. But, like, you could see clearly the guys who had spots versus the guys who didn't because the guys who had spots were just – it was cool. Everybody was smiling. Everybody was – Hey, what up, man? Yeah, yeah, we got up, three man? weeks. We got to get past yeah. this crap, and we're yeah. good. So, fortunately for me, I would say the guys who were, like, established that knew they were going to be there – when I was there, it was Dwayne Bowe, it was uh, Jamal Charles, all these cats that you know. Uh, yep. They were real cool to me because they could see that I could play a little bit. They knew that I was respectful and my effort and energy were there every day. I treated them like I appreciated it where they were. The kids who weren't cool to me were the guys who were in my spot. Kind of like there it is. I had yeah. one guy, man. It, it's a funny story. Uh, 
he would tell me, like he was trying to convince me the way these older guys do it is just you got to pull an all-nighter, be in that book all night. These guys come, I come without even sleeping. Don't sleep. Like that's the – <laughs> so needless to say he went home before me thankfully yeah but, yeah uh, yeah yeah so, all-nighter yeah yeah so look i don't know um i guess you kind of get a gauge based upon your reps like where you stand and i knew on the depth chart where i was and i knew um it, it was kind of weird in the beginning because i was in i was playing in the second quarter of the first preseason game and for guys like where i was that's like unheard of you don't really yeah you guys aren't in you're not in until the fourth in like mop-up time but I returned a kick in the uh, in the second quarter of the first game, so that was pretty sweet. Um, I was playing on every one of the special teams. I got spe- I got a receiver reps, but mop up just like backside blocking. I didn't get to run any routes or anything. But um, in practice, I was doing well, man. I was winning one on ones. I was picking up the playbook pretty quick. Coach Haley called me Long Island Lightning because he was used to me running around, and that's kind of how he remembered. I guess I don't know. That's what it was. That's a cool uh, nickname. I'm not gonna lie, sweet. Long Island. Oh, yeah. it's, oh, it was it's a good nickname. Sweet. Yeah, it's a good nickname. Worse, so that one was good <laughs> yeah. for me. Yeah, I was good with that. Uh, because uh, so really quick, let me interrupt you. And yeah, sure. listen, you, you, I don't know how long you were there. Todd Haley is known as notorious of being an absolute fucking asshole. Yeah. So can you shed light on that at all? Like, was he cool with you? Just like, did he like you enough to Super not be an cool asshole? To me. Super cool. Okay. To me. I, all for right. whatever reason, man, I don't know why myself and coaches get along. Uh, I don't really. I mean. I kind of, as I got older, like you kind of know me off of Twitter where I kind of chirp a little bit, but uh, yeah, yeah, not pretty. I'm kind of docile in real life. I don't, I just kind of show up. I go to work. I'm pleasant. I think I work hard. I was the only way I'm six foot on my best day, 195 pounds on my best day. They would ask me to do something. I would do it harder than anybody else on the field. After the first preseason game, they actually, they highlighted my first, first play. I was a personal protector for the punt for the, uh, my job was to mark the personal protector on their team. He actually wound up being like a special teams pro bowler one year. And I took him and I took him right off the field, drove him right into the ground. The play was over. I'm still mashing him into the ground. And they made a point to like talk about it in the meeting the next day. That's for awesome. A guy like me, that was super yeah. cool. You know, the team yeah. was clapping and it was great. But yeah. like coaches never really had a problem. They had no reason to be like a dick to me, I don't think, because. I'm just saying overall, did you, not even to you, did you see he, like where he, he like he's, he's known to have like a bit like I'll a. I'll tell you like something a, funny. I'll like he he would motherfuck like I heard he uh, like you see those you know oh, no, he, he would motherfuck was, everybody everybody so there was certainly people that he would get on hard and you could tell like once he had you in his crosshairs good luck bro that, to but, over. Um, but like I remember a particular time where there was so I was in in a crazy year dude the year I came in we had a kid named Jonathan Baldwin who went to Baldwin pick. the first first round pick first from round pick yep. he went in there probably a week and a half in. In weight room, right in front of me, fist fight with Thomas Jones. Like, bum, 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 bum. Uh, I think John broke his hand or something, so he missed time and everything. Uh, somehow or another, a reporter got wind of this because we were told to just keep it quiet. We didn't say nothing at the time. Yeah. But um, a reporter who wound up going on to be a very, very well-known TV personality – Use your brain. You might be able to just narrow it down. He was a Kansas City reporter at the time. It's Whitlock. It's Whitlock. It's Whitlock. It wasn't Whitlock. It wasn't Whitlock. It wasn't Whitlock? Oh, okay. All right, my bad. Okay, my bad. So for whatever reason, it was another guy. He wound up being uh, pretty pretty popular now. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about it after. Okay. Uh, But long story short, we got the – this guy's a prick. You do not talk to him. Do not let him in. He's a fox in the hen house, blah, blah. So, like, he's one of the – Coach Haley, just bring me back to Haley. Uh, If he loved you, he was cool with you. I mean, there was players that he would bring from. I remember he brought from. I don't remember where he was before. Was he in Arizona? He was Pittsburgh. He was Pittsburgh no, and Arizona. So Arizona, he brought Breston. He brought Leonard Pope. 
And then he yep. went to Pittsburgh. He brought Leonard Polk with him again. So he's one of those guys where if, if he's if he's in your corner, he liked you a lot. So for me, he was really cool. But yeah. um but again. All right. So so let's get back to all right. So that's crazy. So you had Jonathan Baldwin, you had Dwayne Bow. That's a that's a pretty big receiver's room. Thomas Baldwin. Steve, uh, Baldwin Steve at Steve Breston. Yep. Um, who else was in that room? Uh Terrence Copper, who played a lot of years with the Saints and Drew Brees, and um Kiri Colbert, who was a second round pick by the, the Panthers, and he came back. And then a couple of us were fighting for that last spot. So. Last spot. Okay. So, like, did you now going into like before your cut, how are you feeling? Do you think like, oh shit, I might have like holy shit, I might have a shot at this? Or are you still thinking, ah, these mother there's no way these guys are gonna like, nah, or I, did you think, oh, did you think practice squad? Like, was that something that you were like possibly? Practice squad is something they talked to me about. Like that kind of would okay. have been perfect for me for a guy like me who started late and I didn't get a ton of reps during, during camp. Like, even though I knew stuff, I was actually, you know, to be honest, and I kind of think it's something that's helped me along the way. I was super insecure every day that I was going to get cut. So until the last day, I, I still assumed this is going to be the day. This might be the day. This might be the day. So um, you can kind of tell from contracts and reps who's going to get cut. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. I knew I wasn't jumping over five guys with a ton of experience if I had no receiver reps in the games. How was I going to do that, and how could they warrant keeping me? But they did talk to me a lot about practice squad, about how with a little polishing and you know a little more. Dude, I'd been playing the game at that point. I probably played. I redshirted. I played four seasons in college, and I mean freshman, sophomore, I wasn't playing a ton. Uh, seven games of arena. I was probably three and a half seasons into football, so I yeah. was very raw and unpolished. Um, and your so, team in, in college wasn't like I remember you telling me like Hofstra didn't throw a ton, a ton your senior year either, God, right? It was like through my first two years, and then the coach changed, changed, yeah. Now the offensive coordinator, he's the offensive coordinator at Wake Forest, where they sling it all over the place. Oh my God, awesome. they they score like fifty fucking points a game. Dude, that team's the best I, offense ever. I love I love betting the overs on the fucking Wake Forest. It's phenomenal. Yeah, so, it's great. So Colston started in front of me our first two years. and we had Marquise Colston, New Orleans Saints for the people. And yeah, our, our, Just for anybody who followed Hofstra football ever at any point, they killed our program. But so many of us are thriving afterwards. So who, this is who I backed up. I backed up Marcus Colston. I backed up the kid that broke all of Marcus's records. And I backed up a kid who played in the league for two years. And now he's got his own TV show on BET. He's an actor. So just a whole mess of overachievers. We all were. But yeah. for whatever reason, they killed our program. So that's crazy. All right, so yeah, so let's get back to like the the training kids. So you 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 get caught. What's next for guys like you? Like today, there's there's 900 guys today who basically are out of a job, right? And right. now we're fighting for practice squad, fighting for this. Like, mm -hmm. so what was your next step after that? Did was any other team reach out? Did any anything else happen practice squad wise? Like, or do you guys just now fade into oblivion? Like, it's kind of be it's gotta be so crazy to be that fucking close, right? To be that close and then just now all of a sudden, like now we'll see you next year. You know what I mean? So, so that's wild to me. Yeah, so I guess even crazier with my story was I didn't have an agent. So I kind of did this all by myself. And I had an NFL like legend who was coaching us down there actually reach out and make a phone call for me to get me a tryout. So that happened. So I didn't even have what like I had an agent look over the contract before I signed it because I think by rule, and I'm not totally sure, so don't quote me on this, you might need what's called a certified contract advisor to actually peek over the thing and like kind of cross the T's and dot the I's and all that stuff. But um, I didn't have one of those. So, I mean, he just looked over it for me because he's somebody I knew through IMG who saw me training every day. I said, would you be mind just looking over this, making sure that it's standard so I could just put my hand on my name on it because no. I was going to sign it. It could have said, no matter what, gonna give us your limb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, the day you, you, were cut, you were signing it. You were signing it. I was it. signing yeah. it no matter what. So um, I didn't have anybody to really reach out for me. What the, what the agent did tell me 
like uh, as I mean, he would check in on me once in a while. He's a real cool dude. And he was like, when I wasn't getting a ton of reps during the game, he said to me a lot, like, dude, a lot of times they'll take guys like you and they'll stash you. So you won't get a ton of reps. And the re- and if they're keeping me but giving me no reps, that kind of doesn't make sense, right? You would yeah. think if they're not giving me any reps, they're going to cut me. So what he was telling me was a lot of guys like this, they won't give a ton of reps to, but that's because they don't want people to see you. He's like, because like, look at the kid today, Chris Strebler, the guy from the Jets who had a monster training camp, right? The quarterback. Yeah. Three comeback wins, lighten up fields, and now they released him today. There's no way that guy passes through ra- waivers, I don't think. And gets back to the practice squad. So what he was telling me was, you're a perfect candidate for the practice squad. You're you're raw. You know, you learn the system quick. You could do everything, and they don't want you to get out there. So they, he was like, you just be alert. You're probably going to get a practice squad call for whatever reason. I like not having an agent probably came back to kill so me. So can I can I can I ask you that? Can I ask you that? Is that something that you wish that you could have gone back and like it sucks? You would have to pay the guy or whatever. Like you know what I mean? And at that time, oh, yeah. it's not like like do you wish you had. It? Yeah, yeah. Oh, like, I, I wish I would have done a hundred things different for sure. But that's okay. the best part. You know, that's what I'm able to tell my kids now. Everything from getting recruited in high school to the way I got to the league. It's everything I did wrong. Like yeah. had I done this the right way, you'd know me still, but probably from TV somewhere. I tell my guys that all the time. Like I just did everything you could do wrong, wrong. Never went to a camp, never put a film together. Um you know what I mean? Everything you, you did it. You done. did it the way you did it the way that it used to be done back in the day. And like, I think after your era, it's like totally changed. Well, like I the mean, last I, 10 years, it's like way more like organized. But even my era, guys were going to like college recruiting camps. Like I never went to a college recruiting camp. Like my friends, gotcha. were, I'm going to the Penn state camp to get times and everything. So I could, yeah. so that they can see me on a board somewhere. I never did any of that. You know, I had my that. high school coach, my high school coach begged them the day before camp. Can you let this kid just come out and try? And it wound up being okay. I just, okay. So everything I could have done wrong, I would have, you know, in hindsight. Gotcha. So so then let me ask you something else. And, like, I'm not doing this to, like, grill you and, like, bring up bad memories or whatever. Because th- this is just, like, something that today is the day that, like, sure. there's a lot of guys like you. So if- Ryan Russillo actually tweeted something out that I thought was pretty funny. He's usually not a funny guy. I don't know if he's he's on – he has a podcast with Bill Simmons. And he tweeted, out, he tweeted out, 900 guys today now get to put on their Tinder profile that they once played in the NFL. I thought that was, like, fucking pretty – Pretty no. fucking funny. It's hilarious. Sure. You know what yeah. I mean? It's terrible. I was like, that's actually sure. a good point. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? But so let me ask this. So the Patriots, let me give you I'm so for anyone out there, I'm local. I'm I'm in uh Boston. Chris is in Long Island, okay? So that's New York the, for everybody who doesn't live anywhere near here. Yeah, exactly. So uh the Patriots once again kept for I think the 13th every year that Belichick's been there, uh, I want to say an undrafted free agent, okay, that they kept on the team, made the 53 and roster. I actually think they got two of them this year. But the one that's like the biggest shocker is this guy, Brandon. And I'm going to say his last name wrong, and I'm sorry out there. I think it's Schooler. Schooler or Schooner. Okay? He played at three different colleges, three different years. Almost never played any, like, defensive snaps. He was a safety. He was a cornerback. He couldn't get on the field. He shows up to the first day of Patriots training camp this year and sits himself next to Matt Slater. And I guess basically did not leave Matt Slater's fucking hip pocket the rest of fucking training camp. And from what I'm seeing dominated on specialty like like to the point where he made the team today as strictly a special teams are he has no later too and they kept matt slater okay that's what i'm saying chris yeah so like like he's like he had no issue of like oh i'm gonna get on the field as a safety or i'm gonna go do this like he's like nah fuck that the only way i'm making this fucking team is to do everything that this guy is fucking doing so can i ask you something is that a route that like looking back like seeing how you how raw you were at receiver and stuff like that. Do you wish you had maybe gone that sort of route where you're just like 
guys, fuck that shit. Like, make me like I want to be a gunner on every fucking play. Like, oh, I that's the route I went. That's the route. That I is the okay. Okay, but, but like I mean, I can't fathom a world where I got two reps in games at receiver. So like yeah. like I said, I told you. I, I don't know if we said this before I got on or you know when I first when we yeah like, yeah sorry say it again that, sorry that like after my very first play on the field, my job was. Punt re- it was punt return. I've always yeah. been the return man, but I was at this point, I wasn't the return man. My job was to the personal protector who, who protects the punter. My job is to mark him up and make sure he stays off our return man. Okay. Yeah. Very first play uh, I was in the NFL. So I'm hearts racing and I take the guy, I drive him 10 yards off the field to the yep. point where the next day in meetings. Yeah. You said that. You said that. On, yeah. You said that. On so, this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. No, I did that, and then my next play, I got double viced as a gunner. So double viced for anyone who doesn't know is they I have no clue. Tell me. All right, so if you're watching, if you watch a special teams play, you sometimes see one like looks like a cornerback marking the gunner. Sometimes yep. you'll see two. Two is called a double vice. It's foul, man. It's two guys put out there to assault me to stop me from getting down to the punt return, man. So I drew a flag actually because I split the I split the double vice like you're supposed to. I got down the field and they turned my helmet around like my helmet was on backwards when I got to the other end. So we drew a flag. So I did that. So, so far I'm on punt return and I'm, I'm a gunner on the punt team. I was on the kickoff team. I made a tackle in my first preseason game. I got a picture of it. It's probably the coolest picture I ever had. Uh, and then I returned to kickoff where I caught it eight yards deep. So I kneeled on it. But in the first game, I was a gunner. I was on yep. punt return. I was a kickoff return man that they put back there after Dex McCluster. So it's not like I wasn't the eighth guy to go back. I was in there in the second quarter. And yeah. then I was on the kickoff team. So, yeah. I mean, that's the route I planned to go. But if they literally saw no receiver work and, and we had 15 receivers, I think, in camp. So they just couldn't get me reps, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. So I, I guess what I want to say, too, is that, like, I guess it depends where you end up. Right. Like you look at a guy Huge. like the Patriots. The Patriots are no like he loves special teams. The motherfucker loves special teams. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you're that guy and like. That's probably a good spot for you. If you go to another team where, like, they're always last in, like, you know, net yards and that, you're probably not making it as special teams. The coach might not give a fuck too much about special teams, you know, right. which is, like, so I think a lot of it, you know, is fit in, in that aspect. And Belichick loves fucking putting guys that no one's ever heard of on the fucking team. Like, he yeah, fucking I, loves it. I think, he loves I, think it. Part, I think part of that is him being able to say, I'm smarter than you. So yeah, absolutely. he wants to be like, the guy who figures that. But that's – the fit is everything, dude. Fit is absolutely everything, man. Uh Guys who are average players in college and fall into the right system, like I'll tell you, like a college teammate of mine, the kid Colston. Marcus was a thousand yards in a Division One AA school. Then he got into Peyton's, uh, Sean Payton's offense with Drew Brees. The two just clicked, and he's a thousand yards every year and seventy-five year. touchdowns in the league. So it's yeah. like you would imagine if a guy went to an FCS school and got a thousand yards, he wouldn't be getting a thousand yards in the league, right? As a rookie, thousand yards. Yeah, I football said, is a it's it's system based. It's so much system based. You Super are correct. System based so, and yeah, and coaching. You know, coach your coaches were able to make adjustments and put you in the right spot. So yeah, system is huge. Okay, so all right, so let's end that part of it with just basically like so after the Panthers thing, like there was never like did you try think I'm going to go back to Arena League? Like was there any still thought of you like all right, I I still want to do this, or did you start to be like all right, man, I gave this shit my best shot. Let me fucking oh, no. transition. No, I want to do this till today. I would go tomorrow if they'd call me, but <laughs> I still train. But my my job, uh, fortunately, gives me the luxury to still train the same. Yeah, uh, I've learned things about my body, and I'm still playing all the time. So, like a lot of guys who are out of it as long as I am, they're done with it. They're over. Now, granted, I so I have teammates in college who had a shot to play afterwards, 
And after their last game in college, we're like, this, bro. I never want to put pads on again. I'm done. I'm over it. Yeah. I've been playing since I'm five. I never want to see pads again. Me, because I think because I started so late. So late. Yeah. Firing me is still crazy. Like, I still love it. And, I mean, I told you, I got off the field with a team an hour ago. I yeah. raced home. So, I love it, man. And it's, it's something now. All right. I mean, well, my, let's get yeah. you a shot. Let's go. Let's go, Jets. Let's do it. Let's go, Jets. Hey, let's do it. I'm telling you, 4-4 last month. Let's go. We can All right. So, let's, so let's, let's transition to the Jets, okay? Because that's an interesting thing. I, I like being in the AFC East, like that's a little brother to me for a long time. Like ever since Belichick, you know, resigned as HC of the NYJ and came to New England, on it's been on a napkin. It's been an absolute shit bomb over there. So, you know, you have Zach Wilson, you have the injury, you have, you know, everyone's favorite fucking average quarterback, Joe Flacco. He's a Super Bowl winner. Can't take that away. Let me ask you. If the Jets come out, play solid defense. It, it, you know, the Jets have a lot of nice pieces around at the skill position on offense. Yes, you have Bryce Hall. You have Michael Carter. You have the Garrett Wilson at, at wide receiver. You have the other young wide receivers, Elijah Moore, I want to say. You know, they have Elijah they have Moore's nice pieces. They have nice pieces around. If they come out and like Cody Joe Flacco's Davis. Cody Davis, if if they come out and Joe Flacco's not making mistakes, you know, maybe not lighting the world on fire, but you know, two and two, like let's say Zach Wilson misses three, four games. Or three games in there, two and one. What's the feeling there in Long Island, New York? Like, what, what's the vibe there as far as, like, could you see the fan base going, no, 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 play Flacco. Like, fuck this, play Flacco. Uh, first off, well, what I'm hearing is, and I don't know for sure, obviously, let, we're, we're playing, you know, I'm playing. Oh, hypothetical. Yeah, They're hypothetical. saying that there's a chance he could be back for week one. And I think they'll do anything in the world to get him back as soon as possible so they don't have that exact situation. There um, it is. No, I think fans want to win, dude. And the Jets fans, more than any fan base, they love their team, they're loyal to their team, and they're tired of this crap. So it's like, to me, uh, the Jets want to win. Uh, the fans want to win. I think if Joe Flacco is handing the ball off to Brees Hall 30 times a game and throwing for 150 yards and one touchdown and one pick, I think it will be a little easier to make the transition over. I think if Joe Flacco throws for 300 yards twice – the fans don't care. I mean, last year, I don't know if you remember the Mike F and White thing, bro. Oh, when Mike White. So, so I have a buddy who lives in New Jersey. Shout out Montante. Literally mm -hmm. bought a Mike White jersey. To this day, is still trying to tell me Mike White could be Tom Brady. He's literally trying to tell me this last <laughs> week. Last week, Chris, trying to yeah, tell I me. I thought this. he was going to get cut last week, to be honest. Yeah, man. yeah. But anyhow, um, so I think the fans are just starved to win, man. And there's no more time to excuses. Like I think, I mean, Joe Douglas has been here now. I think this is his third year, his second draft class. Maybe it's his third draft class. I could be wrong. Uh, Salah's going to have to win at some point. They put a ton of resources into that offense. Like you said, Brees Hall is supposed to be on the boards, the best back in the in the draft, right? Uh, after the other Alabama receiver tore his ACL, uh, Garrett Wilson is supposed to be the best receiver in the draft. They brought in two serviceable tight ends, which for a young quarterback should be his best friend, right? Uh, Azuma and uh, Conklin. So I, I think if – the the Jets fans are just ready to win, dude. And uh, so you're saying they, there could be if they if if Wilson does miss a couple weeks, Flacco gets off to an okay start. You could see a quarterback controversy. I'm not pulling this out of thin air. Uh, no, I don't think it's uh, no. I mean, I think I think I, I think they're gonna try to probably force Zach back in. But as a fan base, look, and I I grew up a Jet fan, so I still have like a personal like I. If it wasn't for these guys, I would love. I mean, that's my team. So I personally, I'm I'm not upset at all about the idea that Joe Flacco is playing because I think this this offense is tailor made for a guy who, like, if Joe Flacco's 34, 33, 
dude, and he's got this this up. I mean, these are probably as good of weapons as he's had around him, right? I mean, yeah, I, I, they're young, they're young, but yes, I mean, they're fast. Well, For a guy, well, who, Joe mean, could always throw deep. He could always throw deep. That's one thing Joe Flacco could 100%. do. Hundred percent. He's got a cannon for an arm, and yeah. that's the last thing to go. And like I said, now he's got weapons. I mean, Corey Davis is that was the Titans. Like that was their big signing last year. The Jets. Yeah, uh, I'm telling you, Elijah Moore is going to be a problem, dude. Like, like you're going to see this year, next year, he's going to keep getting better. He's going to be a problem. They got Berrios, who was a Pro Bowl, a Pro Bowler last that's year. That's the other guy. Here's, that's the other guy. Berrios yep. doesn't yep. even get run. Like he don't even see the field. Like as a as a receiver. I mean, he did last year, but now um, this year he's their fifth receiver right now. I think. I don't think they kept anybody new. Corey Davis, Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore. Uh, I think they have one more and then Berrios. But, I mean, like, now they're pretty loaded, dude. They have Michael yeah, Carter good who came in that's last good year. Michael Carter could be a top back on a lot of teams. And now I think by default he's going to be pushed back to second because Brees Hall is cold. So, yeah. um, so he's got plenty of weapons, dude. And if it doesn't happen this year, like the, the, the one thing you don't want is to go back to Zach after a couple Ws and him not do well. Because the fans there, they'll let you have we'll it. Turn, they'll turn on you. They'll turn 100%, 100%. on you. 100%. Mm-hmm. So let's go to the next one. Now, this is the weird one that happened today. Sure. This shit is so weird. Like, I'm literally still running through scenarios in my head on how to make this, like, make sense to me. So yeah. Jimmy G re-signs to be the backup to Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. Jimmy G has been in a Super Bowl and in an NFC championship in the last three years. Okay. I don't understand why he just wouldn't get cut and go sign with a team and like try to to fight for a starting job. Here's why. Here's my theory. Here's my theory. He takes the seven million, knowing Trey Lance is going to fucking falter. He sees him. He's been there with them. He's still got boys on the team saying, "Jimmy, this dude ain't. This dude ain't it. This dude ain't it." That's my theory. That he's taking this knowing that San Francisco is loaded. They're loaded on defense. They're loaded on fucking offense. That team is a Super Bowl contender. With the right quarterback. They get off to a one and three start. This kid's not, you know, this kid's throwing for 150 yards, running around, not really, you know, playing, using, you know, the weapons, using Debo, using George Kittle. Jimmy G's standing right there. They don't turn to him. So that's my little fucking theory that Jimmy G's just like, you know what? No, I'm not going to go play with Cleveland where Deshaun Watson, after he comes back game 11, like I'm out. Mm -hmm. I bide my time here and I take over this fucking job. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it makes a ton of sense. Uh, I read something. I, I kind of just got the headline today and didn't get to read the story, but it was something along the lines of why this contract that Jimmy signed like shows you that Trey Lance is the guy. I completely didn't understand that. that. That's crazy. See, that's the opposite. Like, I know that's. I'm seeing everyone Did you say read the that. Article? Like, I don't yeah, understand yeah, yeah. It myself, I thought uh, yeah. to myself, highest paid backup in the league. Um, on a guy, it to me it was like, uh, yeah, that I, I'm kind of right there with you on that. I think, Garoppolo I think he thinks he can be a I think he, in this league, and I think yeah. he thinks he can get that job. Like he's like, I got a better shot of getting this job than going to another shit or going to a shitty team and, and like get my ass handed to me or going right. to Cleveland because everyone's saying Cleveland because you know they didn't have Watson for 11 games, so he's there for what 10, 11 games, and Watson's gonna be the starting quarter. There's 100%. nothing Jimmy G. There's nah, nothing Jimmy G can do to keep that job. Guaranteed? Yeah. yeah, no. Yeah, there's no, yeah. Yeah, no keep that. So, so my thing is like, like I just look at it backwards and say, nah, he's like, I'll t- take you seven million and I'll be starting by week five. It could very well be, but I guess you have to, I guess uh, if you're a Trey Lance guy, you have to fall back on the comfort that these are the guys who drafted you. And if they at some point decide to turn back to Jimmy G, it's almost an admittance of failure, right? So that I think in itself is probably, and there's a couple of spots like that in the league. Me and you touched on it earlier on our own. 
Uh, yeah. There's a couple where I think they're kind of they're kind of married to Trey Lance now, right? Like if you decide to jump back into Jimmy G, you're, you, you're uh, oh you're fucking that whole shit up. exactly. Yeah, 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 you're admitting failure, and you can't. It's like the Daniel Jones thing, like last year. How do you put him back in? Like, like that. That's kind of how I felt last year when I think. Like they were real close to yanking Daniel Jones and giving the the backup, th- and it's like, how do you go back to Daniel Jones after that? And the same rules apply with uh, with well, Jimmy. Now. If you pull yeah. Trey Lance out, put Jimmy back in, how how do you then go back to Trey Lance later in the year? You know what I mean? It's crazy. So yeah, yeah that's an interesting. So that's an interesting story to watch because like it's just crazy to him swallow his pride, be the backup to a guy, and like I said, this guy's went to the Super Bowl. Well, he was he was like a decent fourth quarter away from beating yeah. your Chiefs. Like yeah. and, and being a Super Bowl champion, sure. like a de- they were up ten points in the fourth quarter. If he hits one wide open pass, 49 is a fucking Super Bowl chance. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more, man. I actually, so it's just, I, it's, I've always thought Jimmy G was pretty talented, dude. Yeah, so it's just crazy to like to kind of do this maneuver right now. So really, we'll see how that goes. And if injuries don't happen, I don't even know that he ever gives that job back. Like, I mean, that might still, you know. Yeah, so you never know. All right, so this is another, especially week one wise. This is another really interesting one. Uh, as a lot of people thought, Sam Darnold's like, he's done. He's absolute trash. He hurt himself again anyway, but he was not playing well in preseason. Uh, that guy's going to be a career backup now for the next like seven, eight years. He'll come in, he'll win a couple of games here and there on a bunch of teams, but, uh, he's never going to be anything. Baker Mayfield, the starting quarterback for Carolina playing Cleveland week one and Baker's already, you know, kind of talking his shit saying privately, I guess, but you know, it gets out into the media that, you know, he's going to whoop their ass. He's going to show them what he's missing. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. Like, so what do you think? I mean, this guy's the number one pick fucking three. Like, this is crazy. It's not like these are number one picks eight years ago and they've been trash. Like, these guys are like top end picks. Two, I, I've never seen NFL teams move away from like these high picks so fucking fast. Like, this is mm-hmm. a new thing for sure. Uh, do you think he's salvageable at all? Like, what's your thought on that? You're talking about Baker now? Baker, Baker, Baker. Well, look, first thing that you have to remember with these young guys that they're turning over so quick on is when you're a top one, two, three pick, and this applies to both of these quarterbacks, you're kind of going to somewhere where you're kind of, ex- you're, you're set up to fail, right? Yeah. Sam Darnold went to the Jets, right? Uh, he went over, went through multiple systems. Um, I do think Baker Mayfield like, again, I think if you end up with the same situation where it's what's their record look like at the end of, I think, and that's going to be how they decide whether he's the guy, you know, is he was a success or not. He's going to, he's playing a Deshaun Watson list Browns in the first week. So, I mean, I think as long as he gets a win, I don't know, man, I, I, I thought he was a great leader coming out of, uh, coming out of college, um, kind of was successful everywhere he's been, kind of came out of the gates pretty hot. And, uh, I mean, two years two years ago, fucking, they beat Pittsburgh in the playoffs, man. Like they, what, man? they 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 gave Kansas City all they could handle two fucking years ago. That's it. Yeah, I don't know, man. I I didn't think. I, I thought he was doing a nice job until Odell's dad put that video out, and I watched it, and I was like, "Where have I been? Like, what have I been watching?" Because I I was under the impression that he was. And then you watch a guy like Odell thrive once he leaves there, and kind of, you know, Jarvis Landry, like. So it's like, um. So yeah. was he not throwing him the ball? Because you're right. You see that video, and it's like Odell's smoking people. Well, smoking people. I mean, in the league, what they were seeing – like, look, I tell my wideouts, in high school, this is open. In college, this is open. In the league, so they So they, they, they can't see oh. us. So your hands were like – your hands were yeah. like 12 inches, 6 inches, yeah. or like 2 inches. O- yeah, Odell yeah. was open. He's either not throwing him a good ball or he's not looking to throw him a ball. So I don't know what that says about him, but – um. Yeah, I mean, they were quick to give up on him, and he was their number one pick two years ago. I don't know if 
if they do that, if Deshaun Watson is not available, I don't know if they get, you know, if they turn on him so quick, but very you know. true. Yeah. So, 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 I mean, I, I just think he's in a tough situation because I'm not sure Matt rules going to make it like that whole regime. They do have to win at least eight or nine games to even like keep his job. So, and, and I'm not so sure, like, I just don't think Caroline is that good. I mean, you're going to need McCaffrey to really be healthy 17 games, lean on him and Baker to, you know, it's to not fuck up basically. Well, they have McCaffrey. They have uh, Robbie Anderson was decent Robbie. at a point. Uh, DJ Moore. I think they- DJ Moore's a stud, man. And I stud. think I could be wrong. Did they just trade for that kid, LaVisca Chenault, today, who's a pretty good young receiver? Somebody traded for him. I feel like it's the Panthers. It and might I be. I did not see that. Was, yeah. but, uh, he was. He was on the Jaguars, if I'm Jaguars. not mistaken. Jaguars. Right? Yeah, he came yeah. out pretty good. Uh, he was a pretty high pick, and I think he's still a serviceable player. Um, they got Cur- – oh, no, they, Curtis is gone. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. he's got some weapons down there. I mean, look, I don't think that they're built to to make a huge a deep run or anything, but I've seen them on a couple of people's – you know, boards be like a dark horse to make the playoffs. A dark horse because yeah, that division is not great. Not, strong, not great. So division is not great. Yes, it's it's really hard, man. Every, at the end of the day, a lot of a lot of things are determined by your record. So it's hard yep. to say he was a failure if they end up with eight wins or nine wins this year, right? With a team that yeah. came to last year. But I, I'm still not completely sold for whatever reason on people looking at. I feel like still Sam Darnold may get another shot to. I love you. That's the eternal optimist. <laughs> hey, no, 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 no. I didn't say I'm with it, but I've look, it's the same thing we spoke about previously about Danny Jones, man. These guys have been through three, four, five systems. Just they're just it's bred for failure. Like there's no way, you know. So and I, I know. and I and I think once they get three, four years in deep, I think they're done. Like I do think guys like that, like you're right, they, they, they the coaching could have hurt them, but I also think they're almost unsalvageable at that point. Especially like to start your season, like you don't want to enter like what Atlanta's doing the show, Mar- Marcus Mariota. That's a total like rebuild they did a tear down rebuild so they're willing to start the season with Mariota he was a former number two pick let's give it a shot let's see if he's got anything left if not like that's the other thing I'm bringing up you got Desmond Ritter if not you got Ritter right there ready to play ready to like see what the rookie can do and Atlanta knows they're probably not going to win you know they don't have Calvin Ridley this year you know because of the the FanDuel stuff so Mm -hmm. you know Atlanta's like four or five wins hopefully whatever and at least we see now what we have to build well, I think there's actually a couple of situations like that. And I guess it's a different, whatever your school of thought is like, uh, can we, is it too early to jump into like the Pittsburgh thing? Cause I think. No, go right ahead. That's the same thing. Same I think thing. They find yeah. themselves in the same situation. So you have a young nucleus, Najee Harris in the backfield stud, Deontay Johnson stud. Apparently this George Pickens cat is going to be a stud. You and still have Claypool. Got, you still got Claypool. So then it, it's, it's, is is the is the move to get the established guy because I've seen Mitch Trubisky win not a ton but I've seen him win and play in the league or is it good to build that young nucleus together? Do you want to throw Pickett in there and let them all vibe and jive together? Right? I guess the same rules apply down in uh, in Atlanta. Uh, Kyle Pitts is a stud. Drake London's supposed to be a stud, right? So they've got a couple of young pieces. I guess the question is, do you think they get brought along quicker by having that veteran presence there? Is it calming? Is it help bring them along? Do they teach them to be a pro? And is that the move? Or do you want to just throw them all into the fire together and just let them grow? So, so I'll say this, and I'm on record. I hate the fucking Steelers. Like, I fucking hate it. And this pains me to say this. Mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett's a fucking stud. I, if Kenny Pickett doesn't make it in the league, I will be shocked. And I'm sad for the Pittsburgh. I thought I'd get three years of Pittsburgh sucking. I thought I'd get, like, Mitch Trubisky's going to – because he stinks. So I thought, like, all right, I'll get this year where Pittsburgh stinks. And then mm-hmm. now here comes George Pickens. They stole another wide receiver. I don't know how these motherfuckers get wide receivers. Like, the Patriots cannot develop wide receivers to save our fucking lives. And every time I turn around, Pittsburgh's got a new, young, mm-hmm. 
fucking monster. Uh, keep in mind, though, that they breed these young studs, and <laughs> they tend to they, they don't see it through a lot of times. Like AB is a talent where you should never let that guy leave, right? Who else did it happen to? Martinez oh, uh, Bryant, right? Martinez Bryant. Oh, Martinez even before Bryant, that, stud. Uh, uh, um, the kid that yeah, ended up in Minnesota. Another, Minnesota. Was he was a burner. Uh, Michael. Michael it? something. Michael. Um, it was. Um, uh, he ended up at Minnesota. He left them and went to Minnesota. Michael. So you people that Mike Wallace, right? Mike Wallace. Mike Wallace yeah, Mike left Wallace Pittsburgh went to Miami. Miami, Miami there it is. The Dolphins, yeah. But it's okay. like, so they, they do a great job of, of getting them, but they don't usually see them through to the, the – I mean, they'll get them to the – the Ju Juju Schuster. Schuster's gone yeah, already. Well, look, I, I, I was never as big a Juju guy, and I'm hoping he turns it around because he's with my guys now. But I always thought he benefited uh, immensely from playing alongside Antonio Brown. So, Okay. Yeah. So, but, like, I'm just on record as saying, like, I think Kenny Pickett is going to be a fucking stud. I would – I if I'm if I'm them – all right, you want to play Trubisky a week or two – you get off to like a one and one, like you fucking throw Pickett out there and you let him run around with these young boys, like you just you said, because they're know, all developing together. Like you just said, you they're know, all the that same. Situation age. reminded me of, dude. That situation reminded me a little bit of the Russell Wilson, Matt Flynn situation, where like yep. you signed a Matt Flynn who's a veteran that you expect to play for you, and this young, young, this young dog comes in and he just takes the job from you. I think they kind of did the same thing this year. I don't know that they expected Kenny Pickett to be there when they picked. So they brought in Trubisky to be the guy. They saw the pit quarterback there. Obviously, he was high on everybody's board, and you can't let him. You can't let him. Go. Like, I think crap. he falls to twenty four because of the size of his fucking hands. And sometimes Crazy, I don't get right? scouts. Him I don't Joe get Burrow scouts. With those baby yeah, hands. I don't get scouts sometimes, dude. It's like, dude, you can obviously throw the fucking football. You're seeing it every week. Mm -hmm. Like I hate that mm -hmm. shit sometimes, where they go so far deep and they overthink this shit into the point of like, oh, his feet, like his yeah, hips wild, doesn't right? move laterally. Like it's like, dude. Like he, Crazy, he's right? out there winning every week. Like, stop it. He can yeah. play football. He yeah, can play 100%, football. Hundred percent. I'm with you. Yeah. All right. Yep. So let's get into the, like kind of on that a little bit is the Raiders. Like, so this is for the Chiefs. This is for my boy Visionless Dave out there. Huge Chiefs fan. Hates the Raiders, like you read about. So this is literally for him. Okay. They cut another first round pick. He was a first round pick. Alex Leatherwood was the 17th pick of the draft last season. This is his only his second season. He doesn't even make it out of training camp. This is now the third first-round pick in a row that is no longer on the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, mm -hmm. Henry Ruggs, we all know he's in jail right now. Correct. Damon, Damon Arnett, I believe, is about to be in jail. He's another one. Like, he's done some wild shit. Go Google that shit. That's crazy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, and now Alex Leatherwood. So, like, I don't know a franchise if you can sustain, like, like we're not talking second-round picks, third-round picks here, folks. These are guys that are still on their first fully guaranteed deal. Yeah. I don't understand not getting out of your second training camp. Like, is he that? Like, can you be that? Chris, explain that to me. Like, because you said earlier about like you know where guys are by contracts, by first round picks, whatever. Right. You kind of know. Like, how bad do you have to be to get caught in your second training camp? Well, my thought on a lot of that is a lot of times new regimes try to bring new culture. Like, I know it's happening with the Giants right now. Day Bowl's in there, and he's trying to breed it just a completely new culture. I think McDaniel's coming in there. They brought in Devontae Adams, who's obviously professional. They're trying to maybe wash off the stench of the last. So you just give me a reason to cut you. And I I don't know for sure. Obviously, I don't know any. I don't know if Alex Leatherwood's thing was a character thing. But you have to believe that it had to be more than his on-field play. Because if a year ago he was deemed a first-round talent and they, they spent a lot of resources to get a guy there, you're going to give him a shot. Even because the owner hasn't changed, right? No, so the owner hasn't changed. Yeah. So he's – 
you know, you would think he'd push for it if there was any way they thought they could salvage him. Did this happen with the Titans a couple of years ago where they drafted a kid in the first round and he didn't play at all? I think he played eight snaps on special teams the whole year. Uh, and now he's out of the league. He went off his second or third team. Right? Yeah. Took him and yeah. Uh, I don't yeah, remember his name, but you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's um, a lot of that comes with having a new regime, man. If they deem a guy not good for the culture, that's the thing now, man. And I guess, like you said earlier, coming off of a Henry Ruggs, very bad decision in his life, did a stupid thing. He yeah. has to be gone. Uh, Ornette, same deal. Stupid decision has to be gone. Again, I don't know any of the specifics. From what so I'm reading, from what I when I read today, from what I read, it's literally they say he's a nice guy. Like he's not a character. Really? He just kept getting his ass whooped. Like in the in the joint practices and in like the preseason. Like they literally said where it was like like they can't put him protecting Derek. Like they can't put him out there protecting Derek Carr. They would be worried about like what people would do. So yeah, like I mean, and then and I guess they didn't maybe it could be characterish where they didn't want him to be a backup because they didn't think that maybe he would like he would he might check out. You know what I'm trying mm-hmm, to say? Mm-hmm, so they didn't even mm-hmm. want to risk that part of it. It's either yeah. like you either win the starting job or like you're gone. Sure. Yeah, that's that's that that would be um that's about as fast as I've seen guys See, give hey, up on a ta- from a strictly talent perspective. Talent right? perspective, yeah. You usually yeah, get crazy. three years minimum. I mean, I've seen some bad draft picks get held on to for for a long time. I mean, that that they give chance after chance after chance to if they see yeah. anything in. So they must think real low of his performance if they're, uh, yeah. so, if they're ready so that's, to kind of throw in the towel already. Yeah, so that's that was crazy. So one last thing I want to touch on, which has been big news the last few weeks. Uh, mm-hmm. So this is our first episode. I want to touch on a little bit, me being you know uh, a Patriots fan my whole life. Tom Brady. Tom, what's going on, bud? Tommy, what are you doing? Like, uh, the 11 days, like, I, I just don't understand. He seems like a guy who was always all in. This is what I always say about Tom Brady. Always won the first, you know, uh, best parking spot at Gillette Stadium. Was always leader. And I'm not saying he doesn't wear I mean, the guy dedicates his life to fitness and nutrition. I mean, uh, to a a schlub like me criticizing him, I get it. It sounds stupid. But, you know, missing 11 days in training camp is just like, why not retire? If it's something that that personal and personal in your life going on, maybe you should have stayed retired. You have have $375 million waiting to be a football announcer. 10-year, $375 million deal. Some people are saying he left to go do the mass singer. I say he got plastic surgery. That motherfucker looks like an alien. I'm going to say that right now. That jawline, it keeps getting thinner and fucking thinner and thinner. You know, I, I don't – thoughts on that from outside looking in. Like, to me, it's just not the same guy. I don't remember – it's not the guy I grew up loving. Like, it's weird. It's just weird. So I've heard a ton of different things. You're absolutely right. I've heard masked singer. I've heard trip to the Bahamas. I've heard, as of today, plastic surgery. Uh, I also heard, though, I guess his mom has been sick previously. She was sick a couple I, years ago during the during and, and Super I heard, Bowl. Yeah. I heard again. I don't know. I'm just kind of if I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give Tom Brady the benefit of the doubt because, as you said, he's never given me any reason to believe that he's not down. I kind of believe that he retired for 15 minutes, not even on his own accord, kind of because no, he was I, almost like pressed into retirement. I, I also like, think he did it get to Bruce Arians fired. Like I, right. I also think that I also there, think that too. It, 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 that I've heard that his you know. His family was pressuring him a little bit. I, I mean, until I'm given a reason to believe that Tom Brady's not all in, because look, I still, I believe Tom Brady, when you get to a certain level now, obviously optically it's not the best thing, but Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and these guys, he doesn't learning anything from training. He camp. doesn't need training camp. You're, you're, that's but, one thing I will give you. Yes. Yes. But you know, optically just to, to let the boys know that you're there and you're their guy and you're in charge. That doesn't seem like a Tom Brady thing to just up and dip. 
So again, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I have no idea, but I yeah. do have, a, you know what, dude, he could have missed another 11 days. He's still going to throw for 4,800 yards. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I know that. And I know. With that, I know. With that receiver core, dude, he's they're they're loaded. God loaded. supposed to be back week one. Add Julio, who's probably reinvigorated. I wouldn't be shocked at all if he had one of those and, and, and they're, three and, seasons. And they're in a terrible division, like we talked about earlier. I think they wake up yeah. and win 12 games. I, I do. I'm sleep, not saying dude. it's good. I, I don't think it's going to affect their performance overall. Yeah. I'm just saying, as a Patriots fan, a whole lot, it's just weird to see. This new version of Tom Brady. That's all. It's just weird. It's weird. Uh, I I don't know, man. He's always he's always had a little bit of diva tendencies. Yeah, maybe, maybe I didn't see it. I didn't see it. I didn't see, no, it. I didn't see it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, look, yeah. at the end of the day, dude, one thing matters. He's got Wins. seven of them. So yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So you know that guy could disappear as long as he wants until and they they have nobody there pressing him really, right? Yeah, no, no. Is it not. still Blaine Gabbert? I I don't even know. I don't yeah, even dude, know. He's yeah, not yeah. stressed. So look. uh, no new receivers, no new weapons. Oh, the only thing that's that, that I think they just put Jansen on the IR. The today, IR. So that, that's a, that could that, be a big loss. That might that be, could a be a big one. Loss. I mean, Ali Barpet, yeah. he retired. So we're gonna see, yeah. dude. I think it was a weird time for him to up and go because he does have these this lineman that thing that he has to deal with. But again, he's Tom Brady, and until he gives me a reason to not believe he's gonna crush it. Dude, but, I do think, by the way, I'm on record. If Brady wants to play till he's 50, he'll be throwing 4,000 yards when he's 50 years old if he wants to. Yeah, well, I truly believe that. They changed the rules to keep the way the feet. So. That's what I'm saying. 1,000%. Yeah. The way the league is now, right. like if his arm talent is there and his brain now, yeah. like yeah. he doesn't need – like he's never been a runner. Like he's not a guy that's like, oh, I don't, I can't run around anymore. It's all about still like your instincts and like your, your brain. Like he beats you and before the play starts. He beats you before the play starts. And, and the guy is – absolutely surgical with what he puts in his body now bro he's he's his regimen is perfect like the guy like you said he looks better now than he did 25 years ago so it's like plastic surgery plastic surgery but i mean everyone knows the combine picture dude. yeah so i know i know in I every know. sense of the word he's taking care of himself better so all right so i do want to end the show every week with like for the degenerates out there that are like me the gamblers the reason that the nfl is the fucking nfl and all these guys make this money is because of degenerate gamblers like me who bet way too much money on this shit okay uh and it is that's the reason that's the reason nfl rules this country it's it's the most heavily gambled on sport in this country every sunday people that don't normally bet will fucking get around and throw a parlay in there and, and get some action or you're playing fantasy which is gambling folks okay like everyone's involved with something uh, on Sundays. So if you are gambling this year, I got some props for you for the season. All right. And then Chris, once the regular season starts, I want to give you a couple, like I want you to pick two or three games and we're going to kind of see how a novice does uh, during the regular season. Okay. But for now, for yeah, but for not for now, here's my, here's my props. I love the under Tennessee Titans, nine and a half wins. It is minus minus one twenty five on FanDuel. If you have an opportunity, take that. I don't see uh, rookie receivers. Uh, Derrick Henry is hitting that age at running back where 17 games is going to be tough to do. Uh, that division got stronger. I just don't see them getting to 10 wins. So once again, under 9.5 means if they get anything under 10 wins, you win the bet. Okay? My next one is over Kyler Murray passing touchdowns. Kyler Murray's passing touchdowns this year are 24 and a half. All right? I think Kyler Murray this year can get to 30 touchdowns passing. No problem. I know he doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins for six weeks, but they replaced him with Marquise Brown, okay? When DeAndre Hopkins comes back, you have uh, – they're using weapons out of the backfield. You got the kid Andy Isabella from UMass. He's, I think he's going to make a jump this year. 
I, I just think that Kyler Murray passing touchdowns, he could easily ha- get you 30 this year, and you beat that bet by like five or six. And that's minus 115 on FanDuel. All right, and then the other one, now this is like a longer shot. This is plus 1,000, which means for you new gamblers out there, if you were to put $100 up, you would win $1,000 for every 100 that you put up if Derek Carr leads the NFL in passing yards. So I love the odds on that bet. I think Derek Carr, I think that offense is going to sling it. I think Josh Jacobs, you know, uh, is okay at running back. I think that they're going to throw the ball a lot, a lot. I think Josh McDaniels loves the new pieces. Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller. We all know who they are. Uh, I think for plus $1,000, that's a fantastic long shot bet to take. All right, so thoughts on my gambling corner, Chris. Do you have any idea of anything I just said? <laughs> uh, I understand your receiver talk for sure. I mean, okay. everything everything not pertaining to the numbers, yeah. I mean, do I think that uh, Tennessee could win 10 games? You you picked the under, you said? I took the under, yeah. Yeah, I mean, no no reason for me to argue that. I mean, I think uh, – I think the A.J. Brown loss – the A.J. Brown loss is going to be real fucking big for Tannehill. It's going to yeah, be I real actually, big. I actually think uh, – I actually think uh, Malik. Uh, I think the kid from Liberty is going to end up probably taking the reins a little That's earlier than we me, all thought. Me and, too, Chris. Uh, me too. And so you I like know that what? Under. I'm I'm not going to bet. But look, bro, I've I've guy like Derrick Henry is never out. Man, if that dude stays healthy, he changes everything. So no doubt. Gonna, I think your bet will probably be hinged upon Derrick Henry. His health. And how he, it's healthy. Yeah. Because yeah, uh, listen, if Ryan, if they got that running game, and Tannehill can, he's an awesome uh, play action quarterback. He's awesome. He freak so if you. Man. So if you have Henry back there for 17, I'm basically betting that I don't think Derek Healthy is going to stay gonna Henry. Get hurt. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and that's basically no what I'm betting. I believe that he's not, right? The way that guy bangs around his body. And then um, the age, the age of running backs. Like, the, I, it's literally been history now. Uh, you hit 28, 29, yeah. it's, it's, it starts to go quick, man. And I don't know if we're going to talk about it at some point, but, dude, that that I love, love Carr's weapons, dude. I can yeah. watch the two of them just run routes all day on YouTube. Renfro and um and Devontae. There was a real cool clip from the podcast with Ryan Clark this week. Did you see it with uh Derwin James? No, I Derwin did not. James is comparing Hunter Renfro to guys like uh Tyree Kill, and he says, Bro, the dude's just different. Phenomenal okay. route runner. Him and Devontae, super creative. They always have separation in space and Waller down the middle of the field. It's just bananas. Yeah, I know. I so, do. Yeah. I think I, I yeah, think the Raiders. Should- the Raiders don't have a great defense, so I think it's going to be in a lot of shootouts. I think they're going to be down in some games. I just think that and, – and the number is what attracts me to it, so it's plus 1,000. The other bets that I said, basically, you'd have to put up like 120 to win 100. It's basically yeah. even money bets, whereas this sure. one, for every 100 you put up, you win 1,000 back. So that's why I like that bet so much because it's sure. kind of a long shot. You know? Yeah, All right. Arguments here. All right, buddy. So that's it. That's episode one in yes, the sir. books. We will see you next Tuesday. We're going to record – we're going to try to record, folks, on Tuesday, Wednesday. And then release cool. the episodes like Wednesday, Thursday before the uh, the games kick off on the weekend. So, Chris, I want to thank you, man. I think that was uh, a good episode one in the books. Very and we'll cool, talk man. to you. In- we'll talk next week, brother. All right. Looking forward to it, buddy. Enjoy your day. You too.